0: Welcome to the one-player podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 227.
1: I'm flying on an airship. Who knows when we'll go round again?
0: I like it. Thank you. Hopefully
1: Hopefully it's nice and apt for the game that we're reviewing today.
0: I think so. This is a, I think it's a game about airships.
1: It is a game about airships. We are going around a tiny planet. Hello, everybody. Good to talk to all of you again, or have you listened to us again. Today, we are going to be talking about Solenia.
0: I would never have guessed it's a game about airships based on the cover, but it, it, apparently it is.
1: It is. It's a game, it is a game about airships on a very tiny planet. In this game, your job is to work. Uh, you are on the tiny planet of Solenia. Um, one half of the planet is always dark and one half of the planet is always light. And your job is to keep on going around the planet, carrying goods from one side of the world to the other side of the world and picking up victory points along the way.
0: I see. Okay. So, Okay, so this is again you're flying around a really small world. So so this is a board where you go off one edge and appear at the other, kind of thing?
1: You kind of do. And why don't we get started with yeah. components in that case? Okay. Um, let's do that. Yes. So the idea is that you actually have five strips, and the strips are sort of in a semi moon type thing, a half circle type idea, quarter circle. Yeah, a crescent. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. A crescent shape. And you line them up in strip formats and then you take your one ship put it in the center of the board and every time you go forward you take one strip off the back and put it on the front essentially working your way across this board and having the board move with you. And that simulates you going around the world because it's only a 10 strip long planet because you have five in the beginning and you flip them over each time. So you go around the whole planet and come back to your starting point relatively quickly, probably over the course of a single game.
0: I see. Okay. Will you, will you go around it more than once? Depends on how many players you have. Okay. And can you go in either direction or is it unidirectional? It is
1: always straightforward. The the air blows one way in Selenia.
0: I see. Okay. <laughs> That's funny.
1: Always going forward. The march of time progresses. That is not a choice you have. Always keep going
0: forward. Okay, so you told us about one of the components of the board. There's there's other components. It looks like there's some neat ones in there.
1: Correct. Let me talk about another really neat component. But first, each player has their own little ship board. So the ship boards are like these little teeth things. And the idea is that the way I think it is is that essentially you are on – a caravan of traders and you all have to restock or resupply the giant airship in the middle. But you each have your own little ships that fly in this caravan. And you go away from the center ship to go pick up or deliver goods. And so you have your own little shipboard which you will use to store um, all of your resources. So your board is a single straight strip with a bunch of slots to put some resources in it. And the resources... One of four different resources. There's wood, there's wheat, there's stone, and there's uh, water. And all of them are nice, thick-shaped meeples. So all of them are really nice components to base resources. They're not cubes, they're not tokens. They're really nice resources. And all of them will go in one of those eight, theoretically, slots that you have on your board. The board also have little teeth. There are these cities that are going to be in a display near the board. And the goal of the game is you're going to go to some city. There's five, six different types of cities. So there's water, wood, wheat, and stone cities where you go pick up the corresponding resource. Then there's night and day delivery cities. So you can fly to the corresponding city, and there's going you pick from a list of one of the requested deliveries and grab from one of those ones and deliver those resources, and then those will turn into points at the end of the game. And you'll slot the city in your board to show that you've actually made the delivery. And that will open up a special power on your ship. So the whole, all of those pieces will interact very nicely be able to do that with the shaped meeples and the cities slotting nicely onto your board. Uh, it can only slot one way. There's night cities and day cities. Those, meeples, those cutout shapes are different and fit into the board differently. So it's very clear which side of the board it is that you should be looking at the way you actually play is using a deck of cards. So you're going to have a deck of cards. And when all of the cards are done, the game is done and you'll have a hand of three of them. You'll play a card, draw a card and keep doing that until you have no more cards. And each of the cards actually has a little cutout circle in front of, in in, straight through it, like the middle of the card. If I held it up to my eye, I could see through the card. (laughs) And the reason why is because you will place those cards on the board and look through the card of the city that you're going. The card will have like a one, a zero, or two on it. And it will be modified by the city you're playing it to. So if you play that on a water city, it'll have a one other card and it'll mean that by playing that card you get one water. The cards also have on the bottom a icon or ability that's printed on it that when the card drops off because again you're moving through time and the rearmost strip will drop off as you move forward so when the when it drops off those cards will come off the board and trigger your superpower or your card power so each of those cards has printed on the bottom of them what those cards do so those icons on those cards are all very clear. They're easy to understand what it is that they use, uh, what the power says they have. It's usually just like a water or a uh, an extra bonus of whatever it is or gives you an extra star card if it's on a certain city, things like that. And so they're all very clear, very intuitive Sort of icons that are printed on those various cards, and the idea of having a deck of cards with a hole through the middle—I've I'm I've not seen that anywhere else, and it's just fun mm. to play with such a unique type of card. Um, and it's especially fun when you're holding the cards to stick your finger through it. Just for some <laughs> reason, I couldn't tell you why. That's just tactilely fun. But yep. all of those components are great. Let me talk about some of the components that I didn't love quite so much. The first that I didn't love quite so much is the yellow airship in the center of the board. So again, I mentioned that the idea is that you're in this caravan and normally you're only allowed to play cards that are near the yellow airship in the center of the board. You can break that rule some ways, like discarding extra resources, things like that. But normally you're only allowed to play near the yellow airship in the center of the board. It's a really bright, garish color of yellow Mm -hmm. and the yellow airship is a referenced icon on some other cards because when you play a zero, so then the airship is going to move on. And that means if you were to like paint the airship, you would kind of want to maintain the yellow idea of it so that it matches the zeros so that, you know, you know, the, the zeros are still moving the yellow airship, but it's, it's not a particularly pretty piece of plastic. Like the airship, it's very lightweight. I mean, it's sticking up on a clear plastic stand. So at the very least, it has that.
0: But mm-hmm. it's just,
1: it's not a very pretty piece of plastic.
0: Yeah, and it's its just flat, bright yellow, and not and no detail really on the ship. It's got yeah. fin- wings in the back and that sort of thing, but, but not much, yeah.
1: it It really feels like a two-cent piece of nothing i even I'm i would try and paint that yeah i i wish i could do something to paint it i don't have the skill and especially because there's no detailing on the model i would love to have like some skilled 3d print type person making a nice 3d printable hmm. one with some extra details or making it be a more sort of magnificent ship especially because in comparison with all the player boards so you And I put this story together about this caravan because I don't understand why your ships have to be tied to the central yellow. But for some reason, you have to be tied to the central yellow. But all the player ships, so there's four differently, they're they're unique player boards for each player. There's the, and they're unique colors. Like normally it's like red, blue, yellow, green. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's purple, salmon, orange, and steel (laughs) or silver (laughs) for the different colors. And the, the ships are fantastical, like cool steampunk. It's not like Geary-type steampunk. I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is. It's not even steampunk because one of them is like nature-themed. But the airships just look really cool, really unique. A lot of detail on their fin work, a lot of details on where they are. And even you can flip the player boards over to their winter side so and I haven't gotten to the more replayability but these ships all have different fronts and backs about what powers they have that you unlock and it they didn't reuse the same art on one side it's summer and everything's bright and on the other side it's winter and it's all icy and it's cold and parts are frozen over and there's a winter storm blowing on it The art on this board is different it, that, such in such detail taken to the art and then there's this ugly yellow ship in the middle of the board.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gotta do something about that.
1: Cardboard out even. I, I'm, I have not come up with a solution yet. Um, but the last component that I'm not super a fan of are, are the stars. So stars are the point token thing for this game. Um, or gold, or but they're, they're stars. Um, and it's... It's similar to the way that um many other games have done uh, where the back side of them is blank and only the front side has how much points it's worth, so that theoretically you can keep it hidden and not know how much how many points a person has, so especially if they're going to the bank or not first of all, having them be blank on the one side means that if you want specifically a one point, you may have to flip over a couple to you find it or get an organizer. And even then, you may have to. Hmm. But they're not very nice tokens. Like the fact that they're stars, honestly, means that they get stuck on each other with the points. They 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 lock in, and they don't fit nicely into the organizer box. Like, oh, just not not a fan of them being stars. It's a very minor nitpick, but mm-hmm. it is a point.
0: Yeah, but that's fair. Yeah, it'd be nice if maybe the front was a different color or something, like the ones are green and the threes are yellow. Oh, that would have been nice. Mm
1: hmm. Or even slightly off color. Much quicker to have seen them. Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. All right. So you've talked about the components. We're jumping around a little bit. What do you think about the rules?
1: Uh, This is a relatively simple game, especially compared to its big brother, Black Angel. Now if you're familiar with and I'm going to use this as a comparison there's two games with Uwe Rosenberg there's Feast for Odin and there's Patchwork and from my understanding when he when Uwe was making a uh, Feast for Odin which is a big game with uh, with trium- or tetramnos that you're placing on a board and lining them all up to cover shapes on your home board as you're going around making resources so it's a big heavy thicker game And Patchwork is a relatively simple game, but it took that same idea of tile placement and just sort of stripped out that one thing of all the other fluff that Feast for Odin has and just made a game out of that. This did the same thing with another game by the designer called Black Angel, where it took that one core component of the idea of having a deck where you're constantly moving the ship along and having to reach out from that one central ship as it continues to move forward on its track. And it isolated that one thing from Black Angel and played here. Now then unlike with Feast for Odin, I don't have a copy of Black Angel. I would like to play Black Angel, um, but I don't have a copy of it and I can't really compare it to Black Angel. But I am aware that it is just isolating that one thing. But because it's essentially a more simple game in comparison to Black Angel, it's got less to it, which means that the rules can be relatively simple and easy to understand. And I think that they've done a really good job with the rules and understanding how to play everything out. Um, They've even like one of the most easily missed rules about how to lengthen your voyage and get farther away from the initial ship is, is called out in, in big red to make sure that you don't miss (laughs) it (laughs) and past that. Like the rest of it is all relatively easily and simple. I think I've explained almost all of the rules when I was doing components, and that's how simple the rules are. So it's the rulebook is really well written. In addition, there's a more complicated version of it, um, which involves the winter side of the board and the, and improvement tiles, which is called out in sort of an internal expansion, um, and those are listed in the second in in sort of the last page of the rule book so that you can play the easier mode before you play those.
0: I have looked through the rules a little bit. They look nice. I didn't really dig into them too much, honestly. Um, I was finding it just a little hard to read on the screen. That's all. <laughs> but I, I old four pages pa- Yeah, exactly. Four pages and, and an appendix, which is a separate sheet, I guess, right? Yes. And the appendix includes the solo rules on it.
1: The appendix has the solo rules. Yeah, they didn't print in the main rules.
0: Okay. Okay, it was a little hard to find those actually. BGG only has the main rules. I had to go to the publisher's website and find it. And initially, you get there and it's only in in German or French even. So I had to do a web search of all things to find the rules. Goodness. Yeah, it would be nice if they uploaded <laughs> to
1: BGG, but they haven't. Yeah. But it's there. It exists. It comes in the game. Game even comes yep. with a solo die.
0: Does okay, so the die and the the cards are just for the solo.
1: Uh, no, the cards are used just like regular. The die is used ah, okay. for solo.
0: Okay, okay. Gotcha. Well, all right, so that's the the theme and the rules. The what do you think of the theme? It seems it's a nice, fanciful I theme. It's, really it's, like it's original. The fan- I really
1: like the theme. The idea of having that big airship and really all of the art and everything else brings the theme home to me it helps make the theme live very well so i'm i'm a fan of the theme and i like what they've done the idea of a tiny planet is cute
0: (laughs) yeah it is and one thing you said is the like the planet wraps around but when i look in bgg i don't see any pictures (laughs) of like where you got like night and then day and then night again does that happen
1: while you're playing yeah that's exactly how it works because when you're on the board you're heading towards night and then as you get around, you'll see sort of day. What There's there's one tile, which is the border tile, the border between night and day. So when it flips, so you'll suddenly see like night ha- is ending and there's day coming back around.
0: Yeah, I didn't see too many pictures of describing like like the left edge being night, the center day. It's and the, the right top edge.
1: edge. You can even see it in the setup on the rules.
0: So there we go. So that's rules, component, theme, very neat. Gameplay. You've talked a little bit about how the gameplay works.
1: I think I have talked a little bit about how the gameplay works and I don't think I'm going to go through it again other than just summarize very quickly that you have a deck of cards. You're playing a deck of cards out. Uh, you can only play adjacent to the ship unless you lengthen your voyage by discarding resources. Um, I really like this gameplay. It's fast. It's simple. It has a lot of thought and, and skill. to be able to plan out where you're going, how it is that you're going to make deliveries, where you're going to want to reach to. Give me just a second, Albert.
0: We were talking about gameplay.
1: Oh, and I think you did have liked much it. more. Support.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um All right, so this game is, is uh, 10 and older up to 4 players. Have you played it much multiplayer?
1: I have played a bunch of multiplayer. Um, I first was playing with my family, and those are the only people <laughs> I've played multiplayer mm-hmm. with, uh, one of which is my son. So I think the 10 and older is probably a misnomer, especially on the okay. easier side with some of the easier board plays. They've definitely been able to like, to get into it. They've definitely enjoyed it. And in fact, when I started recording and said, we're going to be discussing Selenia, uh, they all gave a shout of cheer and joy about the fact <laughs> that we were
0: discussing it tonight. That's funny. Okay. So, solo game then. How about the solo game? You mentioned the dime.
1: Yes, let me talk about the solo game. So, the solo is essentially attempting to mimic uh, what would happen in a two-player game. Um, except that it's a beat-your-own-score type. So, the idea is is that you will shuffle up another player's deck. You only need their deck of cards. So pick any of the players and all the decks are identical. So you don't need their board. You don't really need any of their um, improvement tiles or you don't need to do resources for them. What you do is that you take a card of the deck and roll a die and the die roll indicates where to place the card uh, in relationship to the yellow airship. So if it's a one, it's straight ahead and two, three, four, five, six, go all the way around the board. If there's something there, sure. then just shift it out one more in that direction, whatever it is that makes it. Nice sense. and simple. Okay. Um, And if it wants to deliver a city, so it steals the rightmost city and then you're shifting around and it's always, so it's essentially, it's just always stealing the oldest city in respect to you. It doesn't randomize which city it takes. It just takes the oldest one. Um And yeah, it's essentially just playing with a, another player who will randomly take your stuff. When you're playing with an actual virtual opponent, they will sometimes want things like when you're playing with multiplayers and the way the tiles come out, like a, a, a day city is way far into the day. And sometimes that first day city will come up and everyone's like rushing to get over there or even extending their, their voyage to be able to grab it. You don't have that risk nearly as much with a random thing because it has to be random. And it's not right. likely to do random and lengthen its voyage all the way over to that one really nice city. But it may. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no real way to know. So, you know, random is random. That being said, it's still a really fun way to play the game. I enjoy playing the game with a random player. Um, it's beat your own high score. And I don't, you know, I haven't been keeping track of how those work. Usually I just keep track of whatever my own high scores at the moment and keep going to continue to beat that one. And I'm perfectly okay with that. <laughs> and I've been, even though, it is,
0: yeah. even though it is beat your own high score, it does have a, a little table at the end telling you how you did. That Based is on true. your score, right? So less than 40, you're unworthy of your ancestors. Life is impossible on Selenia. So the, higher than 75, you're considered a demigod by the inhabitants of Selenia. So so there is an ex-
1: accepted range you're already shooting for, I guess, which is fun. The only issue I've had, and this is a little bit surprising, is with the die. And it's just a plain six-sided die. Mm-hmm. And one means straight ahead. But I never am looking at the board that way because you sit on the side of the board normally. And for uh, some okay. reason, because I'm sitting on the side of the board, one in my head, even though it means straight ahead, sometimes in my brain doesn't mean straight ahead. It means straight from me across the airship, which means to the side of the airship. Yep. And I don't know why it is that my particular <laughs> brain messes this up. But my particular brain messes it up. I kind of wish that like there was some other way of showing the icons on the dice or getting like a solo ship or some other way of, of showing very clearly one is here because for some reason I continue to mess (laughs) up that one is there. And similarly, like three or four, like, Instead of just going like, oh, three is right here, four is right there, I'll be like, all right, one, two, three, four, and and count it out. It would be nicer if I didn't have to do that. I could just make from the icon on the die exactly where to go. Mm
0: -hmm. Eh. You you could write the numbers on the base of the ship or something maybe.
1: Um, I mean, it's still tying into the grand idea to make a nice 3D model of one Mm -hmm. and have the base... Have some sort of cool icon on each side. Yep, and have that icon, and have a three D printed die. And these are cool things that are all from my my head of an absolutely awesome <laughs> thing I would do for it, but not yep. one in which I have any sort of skill for.
0: Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and as long as you're consistently reading the sh- directions wrong, I guess it doesn't matter.
1: Oh no, it's not consistent. It's not even
0: consistent. Okay, well, the the big. Well, you're just adding that- to the randomness, so that works.
1: The biggest problem, that is true, it does add to the randomness, but the biggest problem is that sometimes I will stand up and then, you know, have to go handle kids or something like that and come back and oh. I'll sit back down, and I sit down to the other side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> which means that one is now the opposite side. And I'll be like, no, no, we need to yeah. not do that. One is still over there. Yeah. What you do is you
0: overcomplicate it, you roll two dice. The there, there first die tells you which direction is one, and the second die then tells you which number. That could be. <laughs> Nice and overcomplicated. I like it because I'm sure you got enough dice.
1: I could also make a little spinner.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Buy a candy land, get a spinner from it.
1: And instead of just doing a, uh, yeah, exactly. Instead of doing For- a die, just make a spinner and go whichever direction it points. Yeah. Use your All one player field coin.
0: Lots of choices. Yep. There you go. All
1: right. So, overview. I overview, then. am a super fan of the game. I think that it's really a lot of fun. Um, I think the fact that it's lighter and more approachable increases for the fun for me because I you can sit down and play through it really fast. It doesn't take a lot of time, even with a full four-player game. It, it goes fast, it's easy, and I enjoy the mechanics. I enjoy the thought process that goes into planning how you're going to pick up resources, store them, and be able to make up a delivery. It's got plenty of replayability. Especially once you throw in some of the more advanced variants, uh, with the winter side uh, or with the improvement tiles, and all those things make the game a replayable and fun experience. And I really give it a big, strong thumbs up. I enjoy.
0: Nice. So everybody should run off to their game store and buy it.
1: (laughs) Indeed, if you can get your hands on a copy. Well,
0: and that's the problem, right? Yeah, it's no longer being published. It's so it's it's out of print.
1: but you for can find it online. For some reason, you can definitely find it online. But yeah. for some reason, this game just did not take off like Black Angel, which surprises me. I think Black Angel was more popular and was more widely available. But Selenium is still relatively available. Um, you could pick up copies of it. It's, it's 35 at various different places, even right now. I, mm-hmm. I know they've said that it wasn't popular enough. To make an expansion so that's not going to be happening but
0: mm. yeah that's a shame i don't remember black angel at all
1: um black angel is an idea that you're an ai on a um ship that is traveling through space and so you're having to Crew the ship and move it through space to do all sorts of different things, and that's all the information I have about it. Hopefully, one day I'll be able to play it. Yep.
0: And this this came out in 2019. I wonder if it was just it was available during COVID, and so I just never saw it or something. No idea. Whatever. Yep. So yeah, Selenia, It's not super. It's not super hard to find, but it's not super easy either. It's really pretty cover. It's worth getting it just for the cover, honestly. Indeed. So check it out.
1: Alrighty, I think that's it. Have a good night, everyone.
0: Yep. Bye,
1: everyone. Thanks for listening. We love feedback. So we love hearing from you.